Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being, we do the hard work and then we share what we feel is the most important pieces of information with you. Yeah, we're not experts in anything that we talk about on this pod. This is just a summary of our findings. But hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole lot of things. That sounds good to me, Liam. Let's get on with this week's topic, which is the Amazon rainforest. Here we go then, Liam. This week, all about the Amazon rainforest. I think it's something that everyone's probably heard of at some point. And just another one of those topics, which is, I've heard of it, but how much do I really know about it? So we thought it'd be a good one to get into, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Could you hold a conversation with someone? We said like way back, like series one, could you sit with someone for like two or three minutes and just have a chat about the Amazon rainforest? I think the answer is probably no. Uh, But yeah, I mean... What did I know? It's massive. It's in South America and there's a lot of trees and it rains a lot. Um, I don't know. What else do we know? There's got a load of animals in it. Probably wouldn't want to go there. Um, No, I don't know. That's about it, probably. It's funny because we say that quite often, don't we? Sort of when we're put on the spot each week. What did you know about this topic before we started? (laughs) So often it's, yeah, I didn't really know too much about this. But by the end of it, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. So yeah, that's hopefully, it, that's it. say the party line. Hopefully, hopefully everyone will be similar to us today. I, I think I, I knew it was in Brazil. I think if you had to tell me which country it was in, I would have said Brazil. And yeah. maybe you you hear or you read about that a lot of it gets cut down. Um, yeah, that, deforestation. That's, yeah, deforestation is in the news and probably did a little bit of that back at GCSE geography as well at some point as well. But um, but now I didn't didn't really know too much about it, just the, the things that you said there. Just before we, uh, a little teaser for later in the episode, right? Have a little think if you're listening. Why does the Amazon rainforest get cut down? Because that absolute, that's the thing that I will remember from this. You know, there's always something you remember. Every yeah. week there's something like, that's the thing I remember about this. Like in my head, everyone listening has probably got an idea. I know what they cut it down for. I remember it from school. Yes. And and it's not that if you're thinking of the thing I was thinking of, but I don't know, maybe I'm not thinking of the same thing. So we'll find out later. <laughs> <laughs> so reading about it this week, uh, just learning a little bit more, It's it sounds like an incredible place. It's got a like, mind-boggling amount of like biodiversity of different animals and species that live there. It's got some astonishing looking plants and creatures that I've stumbled across this week. And it is the largest rainforest in the world, isn't it? It's absolutely enormous. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big deal um, as far as the world's like gl- like uh, climate is concerned, isn't it? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we know that trees produce oxygen. It's one of the largest oxygen producing areas in the world. Helps to regulate our climate. And like you were saying, it contains so many animals and plants and insects and things. Yeah, it's it's quite a big deal. And uh, yeah, talking about size, 
it's it's pretty enormous. I, I read it. So it's the world's largest or world's biggest rainforest, and it's larger than the next two largest rainforests, which are the Congo Basin and the Ind- uh, rainforest in Indonesia. It's bigger than those two combined. So it is, yeah, it, it's absolutely massive. It covers 5.5 million square kilometers. Now, I don't really know what that means. 5.5 yeah. million square kilometers, like trying to make sense of what that actually is. But it's um, one way that I saw that try and make some sense of it is that the UK and Ireland would fit into it 17 times over. Yeah, I read that it's twice the size of India. Yeah, OK. It's pretty big if you think about India. So where is it, though, then? So you said that you thought or would guess that it's in Brazil. And you are mostly right, aren't you? It turns out we both now know this. Yeah, I, I didn't realise what you're about to say. Yeah, it, so it actually, it's it's so big. It covers... So it's in South America. It's in the northern part of South America, if you like. It covers actually eight countries, most of which is Brazil. But in order of, like, size of country that it covers, uh, Brazil, Peru, Colombia, Bolivia... Venezuela, Guyana, Suriname, and Ecuador. Um, and then there's a sum of it on an island called French Guinea, which is uh, just on the coast of South America. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't realise that. I would have said, you know, Brazil, but it actually covers nine different countries. And it turns out it covers, just to throw another number out there, we've not had enough numbers already, it covers 40% of the South American continent. So, as we were saying... Wow. Yeah. absolutely massive yeah 60 percent of it is in is, is brazil so um you know you know how big must brazil be as a country then if 60 percent of the rainforest that we've said is massive is covered by brazil brazil <laughs> must be a pretty big place wasn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah 60 percent of it's in brazil 12 percent and 8 percent are in peru and colombia respectively so about 80 percent of it covers it is in brazil peru and colombia but then you've yeah. got a whole bunch of other countries that are sort of touch on it or border it and what's important that we've been saying about it? So it's the Amazon rainforest. So it's a it's a tropical rainforest. It it has the Amazon River and its tributaries that run through it. So that's that's important to it, which we'll get onto in a moment. But is it worth just saying what's the difference then between a rainforest and a and a forest? Yeah, that was one of the first things I thought my brain thought of. Is that why is it a rainforest? Uh, basically, because it rains a lot. Okay, so a rainforest has to, and the number sort of is, you know, it's a bit up in the air, but it's about maybe 80 inches of rain every year, something like that, maybe like two meters of rain per year, something like that. It has to be a very rainy place, typically near the equator, which means it only has two seasons, like wet and dry, whereas a forest, you know, I can there's a forest out my window, I know there's a forest just up the road, you know, that has got all four seasons, because obviously I live, well, currently I'm in England. It's also it's said to be exceptionally biodiverse. That is, you know, it has, like we've said, it has loads of plants, animals, uh, insects and stuff. It also, quite important, has a very thick canopy. Now, we'll talk about that a bit later, canopy being the top layer, right at the top. Basically, if you're standing on the ground in the Amazon rainforest, you can't really see the sky in a, in a rainforest. In a forest, you know, if you go for a walk around the forest, you can see the sky up there. You know, yes. it's, it's all broken up, but you can definitely see it. Uh, you can't really see the forest that you can't really see the sky in a rainforest. But I mean, yeah, that's that's about that. They're the, the differences, I think. I like it. And then subtly, another subtle difference is probably worth just saying. What's the difference then between a rainforest and a jungle? <laughs> yeah, I messaged you this. Well, what's a jungle then? 
So actually, a jungle and a rainforest are very interchangeable nowadays. People do say the two things, and they're very, very similar. The difference being part of the rainforest might have a slightly broken canopy, and that will create a really, really thick, impenetrable undergrowth to grow. So, you know, like when you see people walk through with a machete and they can't yeah. get through it. Yes. That's when it becomes a jungle. A, a rainforest, you could navigate your way through it. At the point at which you can't, that's when it becomes a jungle. Yep. But they're quite easily mixed, uh, yeah. you know, and it's probably quite, it's not going to be the end of the world if you did were to mix the two. But, yep. but yeah, jungle, you can't really get through uh, and has a slightly broken canopy. But, but the broken canopy means that you can't get through it. So it's sort of like they both happen at the same time. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're anyway, saying we've got this. We're going all David Attenborough right now. We've got this enormous, enormous space that's filled with a bajillion trees. How many, how many billions of trees do they reckon that are in there? Uh, well, you know, is it WWF, the World Wildlife Fund? They got some good information about the rainforest. So I think this one came from them. They reckon there's maybe 400 billion trees. Which is in the rainforest in the Amazon. Absolutely, sorry, absolutely mind blowing. So this enormous place, four hundred billion trees. The whole place is about the size of Mexico. Like it's absolutely enormous. All of these different animals in it. All of these different animals and plant species that are in it. So I thought it'd probably be interesting just to reel off some numbers about this and just have a little bit of a look into, you know, what is actually there then. And it turns out there's an estimated. It's between. 10 and 20% of the world's species live in the Amazon. Yeah, and that's mental, isn't it? There are so many species that are there that they reckon that on average, a new species is discovered every three days. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. The, the fact though, you skimmed over that, ten and, somewhere between 10 and 20% of all of the world's species of like plants, fish, animals, birds, insects, like stuff we know, 10, 10 or 20% of it is in the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> yeah. So they're saying there are 40,000 different plant species. You've got 16,000 native different tree types. You've then got about two and a half billion different insects, like classifications of insects that live there. 3,000 different species of fish and a, a fifth of all the bird species are known to live there as well. So an, an awful, yeah. awful like variety in terms of what lives there and exists. And, you know, I did know this, I guess, but I didn't know it was quite this. The people live there as well, don't they? I think it's quite easy to forget that, isn't it? That humans actually live there as well. And there have been indigenous tribes or inhabitants that have been there for forever. Yeah, so that is estimated there's about 30 million people living in or, you know, very, very close to the Amazon rainforest, and that 70% of them, so maybe 21 million people, are indigenous. Indigenous meaning native, have lived there forever, haven't just moved there and started living there. You know, they've lived there since pretty much day one. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's about 21 million people just living in the Amazon. And you hear those stories, don't you? I read some about, like, new tribes being discovered. Yeah. Because it's it just, you know, someone's flown a drone over the Amazon. Like, oh, look, there's a, a little community down there. Yes. Of uh, people we've never met with a language. They reckon there might be 400, um, no, 300 different languages spoken in the Amazon. Which is that we don't even know about, like indigenous languages. Brilliant, isn't it? That, that'd just be amazing to 
to have some sort of idea about those different languages and how they've uh, originated over time. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fascinating to think of. Yeah, I think it's I think it's quite easy to to forget that there's a lot of people. There there might be some areas of the rainforest or in Brazil that people have heard about, like Manaus. There's like two million people that live in the rainforest there, and Belize. Okay. There's 1.4 million people that live around there. But yeah, there's there's millions of people in it, and it's it's got a rich history in terms of how and why we now call it the Amazon today. And it's partly down to the indigenous people that were there in the first place. Yeah, there was a Spanish, uh, I, I don't know, so 1542, there was a Spanish conquistador named Francisco de Orellana. What's a, basically what's a, bumbled in. What's a conquistador? Is that an explorer? Do you know that word? <laughs> yeah, I think it's an explorer, isn't it? Yeah, I think basically so. there was a group of Spanish. You know, they were. I think it was part of an army, and they were sent out to explore the forest. They were in Ecuador, which I don't know. Is it Spanish speaking there? Maybe so. Maybe that's why they were in Ecuador. But basically, they went like, but here's this. You know, you're in Ecuador, and then suddenly there's all these trees. I'm like, go and explore them. Just walk in there. Go there. Just go and find. You know, and he he went in there for age like a year, a year and a half or something. And uh, he bumbled into some indigenous people, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But something special about them is that they turned out to be female warriors. So this was a a group of locals that were called the Ikami Abbas. Ikami Abbas? Ikami Abbas. I think that's how you probably say it. Or that translates to, if you say it correctly, to women without husbands. And they, yeah, they okay. were this tribe who of yeah, Amazonian women who fought, uh, who fought this explorer, Francisco Orellana. And he then thought, wow, you know, that's pretty incredible. I'm going to name this whole rainforest after these women and link them back to Greek mythology. So within Greek mythology, there's a set of women called the Amazons. And they're very strong women who don't have husbands and they raise children and fight a lot. Yeah. Just got there in the end. <laughs> yeah. So he named them after those. Yeah. He named them after the Amazons. It's a book written by the Greek writer Homer. Yeah. They were chronicled. I, I read chronicled. This is obviously I've read this online. This Francisco guy, he's, he's the conquistador. He's going along. He's got a bunch of guys with me. He had, he had a guy, a chronicler. Is that how you say that? A chronicler. Like a guy would like write about the adventures. Yeah. And he he wrote, so this is written about these warriors who they bumbled into. He wrote them as they are very white and tall with very long hair, braided and wound around their heads. They are very robust. They go naked with their private parts covered and their bows and arrows in their hands, doing as much fighting as 10 Indian men. Wow. That was, that's like what was written about these warriors. And uh, yeah, so. He's obviously seen these warriors, likened them to the Amazonian warriors from from these these stories that he's heard, and he called the whole area the Amazon, and it sort of stuck. It stuck, didn't it? Oh, obviously, though, the Amazon's not. It, it wasn't discovered. It didn't just start being there in fifteen hundred and forty-two. It's obviously been there for like millions, like tens of millions of years. But <laughs> I guess as far as like I don't know, Westerners are concerned, we discovered it in fifteen forty-two. There was a, a a little bit of a downside of the the Westerners going over to it is that we managed to wipe out a load of the tribes because of bringing disease over. So bringing things like smallpox and other diseases that okay. that they weren't used to or they'd ever been exposed to from an immune system point of view. 
and unfortunately wiped out a load of tribes. Um, and I think that's partly why there are so many tribes that are super defensive about anyone coming in to them as well. And they can be super aggressive. Yeah. I was reading about why they then don't let people in. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the West discovered it in 1542. It's been there for about 55 million years. So it's it's not a new thing <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I read a really nice way about how it was formed. So I, I tried to, because it, it happened over millions of years, but I'll try and explain this in about 30 seconds. So the, the Amazon River used to run across the whole of the continent, right? All the way from east to west. Then the two tectonic plates collided with each other and formed the Andes Mountain, right? Over millions of years, obviously. The Andes were formed, and that stopped the river because there's now like a mountain in the way. So the river stops and forms a lake instead. Imagine if, you know, that you, you dam a river, you're at the beach, you, you stop it. It just, the water stops going, but it fills up into like this big lake, doesn't it? Yes. The lake got so filled up that the river started going the other way. Yeah. The river's flowing into a lake that's now so full and can't go anywhere that the lake, the water starts going the other way. And as it flows, it pulls all of this really nutritious, um, what's the word, like like soil off of these newly formed mountains because it's all this volcanic sort of soil. Yeah, rich and it in really, nutrients. It's got re- yeah, and it ends up with a really fertile area that then became the Amazon rainforest. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So as you were saying, it used to flow from east to west, so go from the Atlantic over to the Pacific. The Andes, they then formed in Ecuador, which is on the west of South America. So they they then formed, and then the river then started flowing from the west to the east. So started going from left to right. And it's it's a pretty long river. It's over 4,000 miles long or 6,800 kilometers in length. So, you know, no, no small, no small river at all by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Only second to the Nile, isn't it? Hella bendy, isn't it? That's where (laughs) loads of that measurement comes from. Proper, proper bendy. Um, Yeah, we, we have made that. We did say, didn't we? We, we try and steer clear of the Amazon river as far as this week goes, because that is probably a topic in itself. And we didn't want to get too bogged down. We want to stick on the rainforest. Obviously, we know there's a river. It's massive. It goes on forever. But, yes. You know, if you, I think we might end up doing that another day. Definitely. But you're so you're you're spot on where you were saying about this rich nutrient soil is underneath the Amazon rainforest, and it was partly because of that that you then able to get a lot of these trees start growing you know it's really good conditions to have plants grow which then obviously animals eat and feed on and then it just developed over the millions of years and as we say it's been around for about 55 million years and there's there's a way of categorizing the rainforest i never knew this but it makes complete sense now but there are four main layers to the Amazon rainforest. And if we just flick through them really quickly and then we can maybe talk about them. So at the bottom, we've got the undergrowth layer. Then we've got one called the understory. Then we've got the canopy layer. And then we've got the emergent layer. And there's very different things that happen at these different layers of the rainforest. Yeah, so you called the, the, what did you call the the bottom floor? The under... The undergrowth. The undergrowth or the floor, yeah. Yeah, I've got it as the forest floor. Yeah, basically the lowest part it receives super, like next to no light. Typically where all the all the um, decomposition happens, all the leaves fall, all the twigs fall. 
but it means like they all decompose so that you know we've got this really nutrient rich layer of soil that's come from these you know these andes mountains that are formed but now all of this stuff is decomposing and just making it richer and richer and richer typically there's not a lot on the ground other than that is there there's some some fungi and some tiny little animals and things but generally it's it's pretty flat yeah and you saying about not much light getting through it reckons that one percent of the light from the sun makes it through those other layers to the forest floor to this this undergrowth layer which is is pretty dark under there and we didn't say it earlier as well should have mentioned it when you said about what makes a rainforest is it's not only that the light struggles to get through but the rain and the water as well apparently all that rain that's coming down that you then said makes it a rainforest it takes 10 minutes from the rain to get from the top of the rainforest for you to be able to feel it down at the bottom on yeah. the and, and on top of that i also said about how much you need about 2 meters of rain a year to be a rainforest the amazon rainforest gets 4 meters a year which is about 200 days of rain every year but it is warm it's somewhere between 30 and 37 degrees pretty much all the time and that's that's why it's so why there's so many trees because they've got because so, at the equator they've got so much sunlight all the blimmin time they've got so much water all the time and you know it's nice and warm they've got the um and they've got this really nutrient rich ground so it's not a surprise that there's 400 billion trees there yes like yeah it's like perfect conditions yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of, as you were saying, fungus and a lot of those lower level uh, leaves and, and what have you, and like a lot of ants and insects. Saw a few pretty cool videos about some leaf cutter ants where they're then transporting leaves, you know, in a in a single file um, back to their nest that's underground. But yeah, so that that's um, the lowest level. And then you've got the next layer, which is the understory level. So the the forest floor layer goes up to roughly around five meters or 15 feet. And then this next one goes up to about 29 meters or 55 feet. So that's, you know, it's getting on some, this understory layer. But what's interesting about this layer is it still receives very limited sunlight. The trees and shrubs that live there they've had to adapt to then make sure that they can then survive in having not very much light. And this is where you then start to get a lot more of like bird species that might be there. You've maybe got a lot more insects um, and then smaller animals that will be uh, in and around it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Um, they they tend to have quite large leaves as well at this point uh, because they're trying to capture as much sunlight as they can. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, we've got birds, frogs, I mean, some smaller mammals might inhabit this layer, but yeah, it's pretty dark still. But yeah, you, you sort of, they probably look like normal trees, you know, as far as like, if you went through the forest that in a normal forest, you'd be like, oh, that, there's a tree there. But then you look up and you're like, oh, that's underneath this enormous tree, yes. which creates our last, well, the, the, the main layer is the canopy. The canopy being basically the lid, isn't it? It's the enormous trees, the ones that are on top. The alpha male trees, if you like, yeah. with all the big leaves that catch all the sunlight. Uh, you know, that that's where, you know, that's where all the life is, because that's where all the leaves are and all the trees are. And, uh, you know, that's where all your birds and your monkeys and stuff like that live. Yeah. Interesting fact about this layer, the canopy layer. It's almost got its own microclimate, apparently. And it can actually be up to about 30 degrees Fahrenheit or about 17 degrees Celsius warmer than the forest floor. 
due to how much sunlight that hits this yeah. top super dense yes. canopy layer compared to the difference than than what is down at the at the floor level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and above those, and this is easier to see in a picture. You've got something called the emergent layer. This is like where you've got trees that have grown past the canopy, and they're all like they're basically. They've adapted to be able to last where it's all super windy up, up high, you know, the really high ones. Basically, imagine you've got a really flat, green, lush top, and then you've got these other little trees sort of poking up. And that's that's called the emergent layer. They're sort of emerging through the canopy. And that's where your birds and eagles and hawks and things like that. You know, you can you pitch them sitting on all the branches right up high. Yeah. And these these trees are enormous. So as you were saying, they've then adapted for high winds, super strong trees. They can be up to 60 meters or more tall. So, you know, that's that's so high uh, to try and get your yeah. head around for a tree. I then started to look into what is the tallest tree that's in the, the Amazon rainforest. Go on. So it's it's the Denizia excelsa, which, oh, yeah. you know, that one. And it very much looks like it's, it's one of those ones where it's got super thin trunk, but this trunk is massive. So it's just under 10 meters in circumference so it's really really yeah. big but super super thin trunk with not a lot really looking like that's happening and at the very top of it it's got those massive leaves and a big ball of, of leaves and, and foliage and the scientists so for them to go and see it and measure it and study it they they'd use loads of lasers to figure out which one was the tallest one it took three years of planning to go to this one tree it took five expeditions it took them a two-week trek through the jungle to get there um and then they actually managed to get there and they realized that this one tree was 88 and a half meters tall which is like the same as a 25-story building so Sheesh. how big is that and they they say they believe it's about 400 years old this tree so yeah absolutely uh staggering wow and then, so all these trees, like we said, like all these green leaves, uh, I, I, you know, they're really important because we, well, maybe everybody knows, you know, trees and greenery convert carbon dioxide in the air into oxygen, right? Yes. So I read that sometimes people call the Amazon rainforest the lungs of the earth. Yeah. Because they convert. So they, they pump out about 20% of all of the oxygen in the world every day. So imagine that if you could see that happening, they'd just be, they'd just be like, you know, like if you could see it as smoke, you could see it all just steaming out the top of the Amazon, like into the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but which is that's the, not true though, is it? No, that's, that's the fact that it gets banded around. So when it's in the news and it's saying, oh, we need to make sure that we, we protect the Amazon and we don't lose it. There are some very good reasons for it. And, but they do throw that stat saying that more than 20% of the world's oxygen is produced by the Amazon rainforest. What they then don't also say is that due to all the decomposing plant matter, it's roughly about the same level of carbon dioxide that's then also released into the yeah. atmosphere. So it's almost an equilibrium where all of this oxygen, all of this CO2 is then in this same place. Yeah, like we said, on the forest floor, all of these, you know, old bits of tree fall down, then they rot. Animals die and they they rot, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, they pump out as much carbon or, or as much. Uh, 
an equal amount of carbon as the trees pump out oxygen. So it's almost equilibrium. Uh, just on that, did you read that most of the oxygen we get actually comes from stuff in the oceans? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, from like the, the microplankton and stuff that we have in the ocean. That then really gives us our oxygen. But it's but still obviously, true. Yeah, yeah. Saying that about the Amazon, it's not like, oh, then it doesn't mean anything, does it? Of course it does, because 20% of our oxygen is coming from it. Like, that yeah. is still a true fact. Like, we still yes. need it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If we didn't have it, it would be, it would leave us in a, a pretty bad situation. And one of the things that we said at the start is you then hear about deforestation and you hear about it's a bit of a, a worry if we were to then lose the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. It's thought that the Amazon rainforest can, like, within itself, has, has about like hundreds of billions of tons of carbon, you know, where it's taken out of our oxygen. Yeah, uh, he's taking them out, out of our atmosphere, sorry. Yeah, so, you know, to lose that, obviously all that carbon then was released back into the air, which is horrific. But deforestation is a big deal with the Amazon. Actually, it was in the news just this week about, you know, all the countries in, in South America trying to come up with rules about how much they're going to yep. cut down or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we'll talk about that a bit more in the wrap-up episode. Um, but have you got a stat for how much is, is cut down every – it's very hard to put a number on this. And this is one of those things where the numbers can get so big, you struggle to get your head around what it actually means. But I, I said one of the, the stats, and it, it varies for different reasons, the deforestation, and you often see, oh, it's been the worst that it's ever been, or the last decade there's been more deforestation than, than ever. So I read this one where it said in 2020, it was the highest level of deforestation for a decade. And it said it was just over 11,000 square kilometers were lost in one year in Brazil. And that was approximately seven times the size of London. Wow. That's some yeah, sort I... of context, isn't it? Seven times the size of London was lost in one year. And along with that, it was saying that it was also then at least 137 species that went extinct as well because of that. Wow. Yeah, I read that the first half of 2022, there was three times as much deforestation as there was in the first half of 2017. That's only five years. And in the last 40 years, about 20% of the rainforest has been deforested, you know, taken down, lost. That's just mental. It's just, there's so much. And then I was like, well, I know, and I said this at the start, it can't all be for the reason that I think it's for. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll read a couple of reasons. So then I was like, well, why do they cut it down, right? Some of the reasons. Some of the reasons, just illegal activity. People just cutting it down, trying to grab land, getting some wood. Um, you know, infrastructure development. Brazil, Colombia, Peru, they're building roads, so they're going to cut it down, right? The thing I thought it was, logging, cutting it down for wood and or paper. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I was taught at school they cut down trees to make paper. <laughs> like they cannot be cutting down something that you know that much times bigger seven times bigger than london in a year for paper <laughs> right so the main do you know the main reason they cut well, i know you know the main the main reason they're they're cutting down the rainforest is flipping for cows and food for cows <laughs> yes it is cattle ranching because we eat so much as humans we consume so much and soybean cultivation which is the food that we need to give the cows so that we can grow the flipping cows in the first place yeah it's it's mind-boggling that part of it so what what happened is and this what, what we're talking about here is pretty much mainly brazil but this does apply to some of the other countries so what happened in the 70s the 
main population of people of Brazil were living around in the, the southeast of the country, around Rio de Janeiro, in Sao Paulo. And the government thought, right, there's a way that we could maybe exploit and make better use of the Amazon rainforest. There's a lot of minerals and raw materials that we could get from it. And what we're going to do is we're going to build something called the Trans-Amazonian Highway. It was this big old project. It was like a railroad, really. It was just over 3,000 kilometers long, and it ran from east to west along the, the Amazon rainforest. And to try and encourage people to move there, people gave them land, and they said, here you go, you know, we'll pay you to move. We'll pay you to move out of these cities. Here's some land. You can then go and be a farmer, and you can you know, make the riches from the land. What then happened in the 70s is people got there, they got their land, and they then started to have a bit, bit more of a land grab. They would then cut down areas which they shouldn't really cut down, but there wasn't really much um, policing or legislation that was in place at the time. So it was almost just, you know, slid by. People got more and more of this land. And then, as you say, started using it to then put cattle on. Our, our taste buds and, you know, wanting meat and everything, the demand for that went through the roof from the 70s onwards and like McDonald's and all of that, the burgers and everything that took off. Um, and as you say, it was then the soybean production. And soybean is a really profitable crop to grow. So they would then cut down all the trees, turn the land into, and use that really rich, nutritious soil that we were talking about to then be able to grow soybeans. It's mental, right? And the soybeans is used f for feeding the cows. Yeah. And then the cows... It's mental. And also, they, quite often... They cut the trees down. They burn it. They just, they just, it's yeah. called slash and burn. They don't, it's not like they even use the wood and then and set, ship it off and go turn it into two by fours. They're just, they're just burning it because they need to clear the land to, to grow more cows. Unbelievable. Absolutely. The, I did not know that at all. I had no, no. idea. That's what it was for. No, no. idea. No. So that, yeah. So, I mean, that's what's happening and why it's happening. But, you know, we said, obviously one of the reasons to stop it, why should we, why does it matter to us? Well, obviously, one of the reasons is because of the oxygen production and, and production and the fact that it removes carbon from our from our environment from the environment, keeps the planet cool. That's obviously one. There are some other reasons, aren't there? There's a lot of stuff in the Amazon that actually we need. Yes, yeah, there is. Uh, th there's a lot to do with around medicine, which was this blew my mind. Around all of these plants that that are in there. That twenty five percent of all of like the Western pharmaceuticals that we use to then help us to you know pills and that that people take, twenty five percent of all of them come from some rainforest based ingredients. Amazonian rainforest Amazonian. based ingredients. Yeah, a but, quarter of the pharmaceuticals that we use contain ingredients from the Amazon and only from the Amazon. But only one percent of the trees. And the medicinal plants in the Amazon have ever been tested by scientists. Yeah, there might be a cure for, I don't know, blindness. I don't know, what, yeah. anything. Like, what it could be for anything. Like, well, they, they're saying cancer. Could be cancer cures in there in the plants that we're just not aware of just because there's so many species that we've not got round to testing yet. But we might never get around to testing them because of the deforestation. They might just disappear yeah. without us then knowing that they there could be these cures. The yeah. part part of the reason with this deforestation as well 
is it gets super political in the different countries and different reasons yeah. for for this. And so you hear about the rates going up and the rates going down. At the moment now in Brazil, they've now got a new president in there um, who's saying that they're there's going to end deforestation by 2030. So we only came into office in January, you know, super ambitious plans, going to protect Blue it. One. <laughs> going to try. Whereas the, the previous person to that, he was all for everyone just making a load of money, you know, mining, soybean production, ripping it up, not having the legislation in place to then stop people from doing it. And he was just of like the polar opposite mindset. But I read, I read a really interesting story about Ecuador. And you know how like globally everyone's now, well, we all need this rainforest. Everyone needs to keep it. It's not just your country, but then you've got countries like Ecuador. They know they're sat on a load of raw materials. Yeah, yeah. But they can't go after them because they need to clear the land to do it. They're like, yeah, but we're yeah. sat on billions of pounds worth of raw materials. So what happened in 2007, Ecuador said, yeah, all right, we won't go after and we won't go for some heavy oil development and mining that we know we've got a load of deposits there. They're worth 7.2 billion. We'll leave them. We'll leave them. We won't do it, but we won't go for them as long as everyone else in the world throws at least half that amount of money into a trust fund that we will then spend on the Ecuadorian people. Yeah. So they thought, so that was like the, the way that they were going to do it. They're like, well, we won't cut it all down. You just need to give us money to incentivize us not to do it in 2013 only 6.5 million to this trust and so by 2012 ecuador then said you know what we're going to knock this on the head we might as well get use of this oil that we know that is there and by 2016 one of the biggest oil companies uh petro ecuador they'd begun drilling and extracting the petroleum from from underneath the rainforest and cleared a load of land so yes, yeah. super political. It's almost people say, well, we won't touch it if you all pay us. And then people say, well, I'm not going to pay you. So just do it anyway. Crazy, right? Well, let's hope it stops a little bit in future, but I don't know. We, we shall see, shall we, I guess. Do you know why Amazon is called Amazon as in the company? <laughs> no. So I read that, I read this from a bunch of places. Apparently... Who's the guy that runs Amazon? Is it Jeff Bezos? Yeah. Bezos. Apparently, he just started looking through a dictionary. He wanted a name. This was back when, um, like, internets and websites and stuff were ranked alphabetically. And he wanted something that began with A. Originally, they were called Kadabra, as in Abracadabra. But he needed a name that would come from the start of the alphabet. And he just just plucked Amazon out. And he was like, oh, Amazon, like that. That's And they, they say it was, you know, he said that at the Amazon is vast. It travels everywhere. It's in the river, I think. Uh, so I'm going to call the company Amazon. There was no real fancy other reason. But yeah, it was the fact that, you know, websites would, you know, in search engines and things, this is like, I think it was in the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, they would, um, you know, everything was ranked alphabetically still. So it was like, right, I need someone beginning with A. And he was just plucked Amazon out. <laughs> and look how well and big they've got to. Yeah, that not, could be another topic. They're not shrinking, separate, are they? No, yeah, no, we could have three separate for amazon related topics <laughs> with the um with with the amazon disappearing though so they reckon in the last 50 years about 17 percent of it has gone just disappeared within the last 50 years which is you know pretty nuts alarming rate but there's different reasons why you don't want to do it 
I mean, some of the reasons are that we said around medicine and stuff, but there's other ones, aren't there? Like around climate change and weather patterns. Yeah, well, like I was saying, you know, they think there's a lot of carbon in, you know, within, I guess, the leaves and the trees and the plants in the Amazon, you know, hundreds of billions of tons of carbon. And, you know, if we cut the the trees down, that carbon is released or or it it just cannot be stored there anymore. So where does it go? It goes into our atmosphere and warms the planet, doesn't it? Which yeah. is, you know, like we learned a few weeks ago about the dinosaurs, you know, we might well be in the middle of an extinction level event. You know, yes. we might be number six. And, you know, this is a reason. And we learned all the other previous most of the previous extinctions happened due to temperature rises and ups and downs of the temperature. So, yeah, go and listen to how the dinosaurs were extinct if you want to learn a bit more about that from a few weeks back. Another thing that would get impacted if we lost the Amazon rainforest is just general weather patterns. So the Amazon has a massive influence on global weather. So the amount of moisture that is then forms in the clouds around it and the rain that then falls if that didn't then happen, then it would then disrupt weather patterns. You'd probably see that different ecosystems or agriculture would get impacted in other areas. You get droughts and there'd, there'd just be this massive knock on effect of what would happen. Yeah. You know, also, we get a whole bunch of stuff from the Amazon as well. Chocolate, cashew nuts, shampoo, vanilla seed pods, coffee, avocado, bananas. There's, there's all kind of things that will come from like that whole region that are going to just be affected if I know if it wasn't there, it wasn't there as in as much abundance, I guess. Um, so yeah, I know it's not, we don't really want it to go. I don't suppose. No, no, there'd be a lot, a lot of bad that would then happen if, uh, if it did disappear. So I reckon I can maybe move on to my last little bit, which maybe a two for one, I maybe should have said this a second ago about one of the things about what helps keep it so nutritious is there was a study from NASA and it was saying that the Sahara Desert, a lot of the, the nutrition for the soil and everything that happens in the Amazon rainforest still today comes from the dust clouds that comes from the Sahara Desert. They've managed oh, wow. to, to track uh, and model out these dust clouds coming from the Sahara Desert, going in the wind, and then landing in the Amazon rainforest. But yeah, that was the last little thing. But in terms of a two guys, one topic takeaway, I've got one for you if you want one. Go on then. So do you know how many bridges there are that go across the Amazon River? <laughs> of course. So we said we're not talking about the river, but since this is inside the Amazon rainforest, what you're basically asking me is how many bridges are in the Amazon rainforest, right? Yep. Okay. Well, I've seen uh, like pictures of the Amazon River and it is absolutely through lally. It, it's not a straight line. It's not like the Thames or something. <laughs> it is full on everywhere. So I've got no idea. It's like four, what do you say? Like 4,000 miles long. Yeah. So... I don't know what, maybe there's one every five miles, so 800, I don't know. So it turns out there are zero bridges that go across the Amazon River. What? That can't be true. <laughs> that can't, that, I don't believe that. I, like, make a note, I don't believe this fact. Uh, uh, <laughs> listeners, please go and disprove that. Uh, that's not true. Do you know, I, I fact-checked this a good four or five times, and the reason for it, it's not to do with that the river's too wide, or it's not to do that, like from an engineering point of view, we couldn't build a bridge to do it. It's just that there isn't the need to do it because yeah, there's no roads or houses no on roads. the other side. Yeah, so it's they need. so yeah. dense, you know, where where the, the rainforest that there are no roads, so you wouldn't have a need to then build bridges across the Amazon rainforest. People just get around by boat. 
wow that's cool <laughs> genuinely yeah. shocked you there yeah that's a good fact i like that one like that i would probably remember that one good one well done well done you've won there well mine's quite good here you go here's mine then pluto the planet or the dwarf planet pluto has a diameter of about 2400 kilometers right if you entered the amazon rainforest at its very edge on the western side or the eastern side and you started walking yeah. You could walk 3,000 kilometers, which is more than Pluto, before you even came out the other side. That's how big <laughs> it is. So you could walk the diameter of the planet Pluto. You could sit Pluto on top of the Amazon rainforest, and there'd still be Amazon rainforest either side of it. Yeah. That's mental. <laughs> or is that more of a fact about how small Pluto is? <laughs> yeah, one or the other. No, I like and it. I think I've used that fact before. I don't remember what we were talking about. I've, I've used that fact ages ago, something to do with America, but I can't think what it was, why we did it. I, I'm sure I said that about Pluto because it's so small. <laughs> anyway, nice. Yeah, 3,000 kilometers. You could walk 3,000 kilometers and you would not come out the other side. Or come across a bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. So that's that's our summary of the most important and most interesting information about the Amazon rainforest. I think that's been a really interesting topic. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously super important. Uh, it's super big. I, I I really like the fact how it was formed, particularly that you know that the river basically ran into a mountain that turned up and then had yeah. to go back the other way. Took with it a load of nutrients off of off of this mountain that was formed because it's volcanic uh, matter, and then uh, it ended up being super nutritious and created the Amazon. Yeah, brilliant. I didn't know about the four different layers that it's got and the reasons behind them, which makes sense when you, when you look into it. And I, I quite like where the name comes from as well, where that, what was he? I called him an explorer, but you called him conquistador. A conquistador. Uh, when also, Francisco Orellano went over there and then had a fight with some uh, warrior women. Yeah. Also we're cutting down the Amazon to make farms to grow cows on or to grow the food to feed the cows. What a joke. That can't be true. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed that topic as much as Liam and I did. We'd love to hear from you if you've got any questions or feedback along the way. That'd be great. Get in contact with us at Two Guys One Topic on all of the social platforms. We'll be back with you next Tuesday with a new topic. But until then, get out there and share some Amazon rainforest knowledge. <laughs>